Hello, guys, and welcome to the very first episode of That Engineering Podcast. Woo! My name is Akansha Singh, and I'm one of your hosts today. I'm a senior at Coppell High School. My name is Eliana Hawkins. I am also a senior here at the high school, and I am the other host of the day. So, I have been in the engineering program at the high school for the past four years of high school. Um, and come to think of it, I think I've actually had Eliana in every single one of my classes each year. That's true. We had Garner our freshman year where we did the Bridges Project. And mm-hmm. then our sophomore year, we had Miss Castro. Same with our junior year. And both those years, we got really into SolidWorks. And last year, we even designed a toy for some kids. Right, right. The Toy Lab was kind of our first instance of going through this the engineering design process and really tailoring something towards a client instead of just making something for the class. So right. it, it really gave us an introduction into building a product for someone else and not for just a grade. Mm-hmm. So th- I feel like we had more we had more of a connection with it and we got a lot deeper into it than we normally would have. Right, right. And I actually really like what we're doing this year with the app development project. And speaking of app development, that is going to be the subject of today's podcast. So what the Senior Design 2 class has been doing Um, since the start of the school year, is we've been actually developing apps for people in the community who who have a problem and an app could possibly fix that problem. There have been several problems that have been presented to us. Mainly they're here at the school. I know one of them, which Akansha is working on, is Mm -hmm. the Nature Park app. And we'll get into that a little bit more later. There's also the bus app. There's the one helping with the special needs kids. And those are the... first three that I can think of off the top of my head, but that's definitely been our main focus so far in the year. And mm-hmm. I think it's been pretty cool to actually know the people that we're going to help and see how it will help them. Right, right. Get you, We really get to see, we will really get to see how it'll play out in the community and actually how our solution could possibly be an answer to the problem. I also like that we were able to test out our prototypes, our first prototypes of the app, at the engineering uh, potluck lunch um, mm-hmm. a couple Saturdays ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we all got to present our apps to the kids in the program from freshmen to, I guess, juniors, because all the seniors were presenting, and the parents too, and we really got some useful feedback on how instead of like, oh, yeah, we've been working with the app every single day, we know how everything works, that time we had to sit down and explain how the app worked and mainly what we got in feedback was some of our ideas are a little complicated and you have to kind of go through a lot of clicks to get there Mm -hmm. and we mainly learned to just simplify it down and make it really user-friendly right because sometimes something might seem really good at the at least for the creator but um once you actually try it out and get someone else someone who's never seen the app before to test it out with our prototypes especially then you can kind of you kind of get to uncover where where the little pitfalls in the app uh maybe but it was a good opportunity to kind of regroup and figure out what we need to do moving forward and through going through creating this app we've been using the engineering design process and we've also used an app development process um which yak showed us and Instead of us just rushing through the app without anyone testing it, without thinking of, instead of us using it, but other people using it and many different types of people using it, we're actually having to think through that and making sure that it's something that everyone can use. Right. 
um, some of the stuff that he's really wanted to focus on, and it makes sense when you think about it, is not just doing it for your everyday average person. Like, if you want to have an app that has different color buttons and stuff like that, then why don't we use some of the Apple-designed um, palettes, color palettes for colorblind people who mm-hmm. might not be able to tell the difference. Right. And think... just making it an overall experience to go through the app. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely a component of app development and app design that I wasn't, I'd really never thought of before doing this project. Most definitely. Which is accessibility and really just the finer details. Like I never would have thought that I would be thinking so hard about color palettes, palettes, um, and things like, you know, what shape will my buttons be? Um, Or if it transfers from a mobile device to an iPad, because I know that pretty much I think all students in the school have iPads that they can use, mm-hmm. but there are going to be the students who just want to use it on their phone only, which makes sense. And just thinking about how the app will transfer from the phone version of it to the iPad version of it. And not only that, but there are different sized phones, so you have to make the app to where it fits all the different phone sizes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I've just never thought about, like, what really went into making an app move smoothly. Like, in, like if something's loading, instead of just having it sit there and the person be like, is the app not working? Did I break it? Then having a loading screen, letting them know that something, like, something's working. Like, mm-hmm. something's spinning or a progress guard bar that's moving from left to right. Just some sort of change to let them know that the app is thinking through it. Right. Because when I imagine I'm using an app... It's a little frustrating. I, Yeah, it is frustrating to see when the app should be loading, but I just have no feedback from the app. Oh, that yeah. it is actually working behind the scenes. As opposed to having something like a loading bar or the little um Yeah, because it, lets, it yeah. lets the user know if their app is actually working and thinking through something. Or whenever you're kind of clicking through an app, then you just get really confused because there's too many places where it can go instead of making it nice and easy or getting stuck on a page and there's no back button because the developer didn't think oh hey you know what they might get here and need to go back Mm -hmm. i think one of the most important takeaways at least from this project is that you kind of have to balance thinking like an engineer with thinking like a user because you need to think like an engineer to make to get all the technical stuff behind the app made but you really have to think like a user when you're putting in things that would simplify implementation of the app or really the whole usage of the app. Yeah, and I think it's also really important that you get other people to try out your app because if they don't, then you might take it to market and everyone might hate it because Mm -hmm. of one little thing that could be changed. And if you don't change it to that and like have someone test it out and find that out before, then you just wasted a whole crap ton of time and money that could have been spent in better uses. Yeah. And given that there are so many app users today, or people with access to internet, access to maybe the App Store or the Google Play Store, whatnot, um, there's just such a wide consumer base for apps that we really have to think about. Even though we are tailoring our app to solve a specific problem in our community, what's the applicability yeah, to everyone. and I guess, like, I never thought about what went into making an app easy to use. Like, instead of having this really fancy, cool-looking cursive that not everyone can read, you have to have a text that people can read. Or 
having it to where it's not little itty bitty text that you mm-hmm. just can't see. Right. Just, I guess, stuff like that I never thought I never thought about went into app development because mainly the apps that I use do a really good job of making sure if there's something loading, it shows a loading screen mm-hmm. or making sure the text is nice and easy to see or you can navigate through the app super easily. Right. And I would say that a lot of the apps that I use frequently, like you said, do a really good job of implementing those things. But I do wonder if that if they didn't, if I would still like the app as much. Yeah, even if they retain the same content or the same services they provided, if um, the interface was slightly different and not taking into account what users might I mean, just think about every single time Snapchat gets updated. Uh Everyone hates what they changed. That's true. Because because they don't do like a slight little change. They completely rework how the app looks Mm -hmm. sometimes and people hate it and then they get used to it again. Uh And I feel like when it comes to that, if you're going to change up the interface, like, I wouldn't do, I would either not do so big of a change to where, like, sure, move it, but don't completely change it, because then people get confused on how the app looks. I know, like, that's one of my top complaints with using Snapchat, (laughs) is, like, if I ever, like, update it, I know that they'll move the way that's where something is, and I can't find it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because muscle memory, it's it happens if you change the location of apps in your phone. Like, you go and you, you go to where you, that app used to be and you click it and it's not the app that you're looking for. Right. So, it that's also a thing. Like, muscle memory takes into effect. And I feel like in order for it to be something easy to use, it has to be easily, like, in your muscle memory. If I'm right. trying to go to a certain app on my phone, I know where it is and that's where it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also like how we were able to use Xcode. Oh, yes. It. Yeah, I feel like this year, instead of it kind of just being a, like obscure concept that we're just typing up, we actually went through a sort of presentation in Keynote. Keynote is the new app that we're using this year, so mm-hmm. there are definitely some bumps in the road (laughs) getting to use that app the way that it needed to be used but in general we got to learn a new app which was can do a lot I didn't Mm -hmm. know it could do all that I didn't know that that's where some apps started yeah I was actually really impressed with um the variety of features keynote provided for us to be able to prototype with it yeah because my when I made my slides in keynote to present at the picnic to um to friends and family um, the slides that I used almost functioned like a real app. Of course, they didn't retain any data or information. Yeah. But you could really walk through the steps like it was an actual app. I re- I also like how even if it couldn't do a function, like if you wanted to scroll through something on your phone, like it was a list and you have to scroll from the bottom to the top, like that's not a function that Keynote does, but you are able to move it, move the icons to where it looks like it's kind of getting cut in half, sort of. Mm-hmm. So that way when you, it looks like it can scroll up. Yeah. And, I think it's just stuff like that that everyone in general, just through using apps across the board, it's like easy to see. If you're trying to go back to the home screen, it's a little home button. Mm-hmm. If there's a table of contents, it's three little bars up in a corner at the top. Yeah. And how there's just little tricks like that that can automatically let the user know, like, hey, this is what this does. This It'll give you a menu if you click those three bars. If you click the the little house, it'll take you back to the homepage. Right. 
and that's also going with uh, user interface guidelines. Of stuff course, that yes. people are used to that they don't even know are a thing. I'm, was... I for sure didn't even realize like, oh yeah, home, the little home, the little house means home, but the homepage. <laughs> yeah, just the symbols that we tend to associate. Like um, you mentioned the home and the home as the house, home button can take you back to where everything was housed. But also with um, settings, for example, a settings icon, we would associate gears with that. I think I'd gears or like a, a wrench, yeah, something like that. It looks like it's something working. Being able to see stuff working on an app just to like make sure it knows. Um... I think it's also really interesting to think about the real world application. I mean, we've been talking about that throughout this. Yeah, most definitely. But really just to consider the whole scope of what we're doing. Because apps have become such an integral part of like my life especially i'm guessing your life too um yeah people our age um i'm not kidding when i say i got a new printer recently like within the past month and in order to set up the printer i had to download an app for it like i couldn't (laughs) like it didn't give me instructions it was like go to this app and the app will walk you through it (laughs) so they've definitely become a really big part of our society Mm because for something that i Honestly, would have pre- preferred just reading the directions because that's how I've always known to set up printers and stuff like right. that. I was sent straight to an app that is made for that. Mm-hmm. I think that could also have to do with the longevity of things. Like you don't, for directions, you don't always have to pull up, you know, a list of directions. Rather, you can just click on the app icon on your phone and you oh yeah, take not to have that. to pull out a mm-hmm. map. I f- I feel like apps are put here so that way they can make our lives easier or to entertain us with for example we have all the gaming apps Mm -hmm. and then we have navigation apps we have apps that keep track of time for us we have our calendar app instead of having to write it down and keep the book on us we nine times out of nine if we're being honest (laughs) most people where we live they have a phone on them or if they don't have one on them there's they have one that they easily have accessible to them yeah yeah. and if there's an app that makes their life easier then they're going to use it because in we live in a technology-based society now Mm -hmm. i haven't very much so yeah yeah, and another example of that is how many payphones do you see <laughs> around? Because right. everyone just calls on their phone. Mm-hmm. I know of one payphone, the location. <laughs> it is out by the Dairy Queen, and I... Really? Yeah, I don't know if it works, though. Like, I don't know if it's a functioning... <laughs> we should go try that out Like, sometime. phone booth, or if it's just there. <laughs> and I think just with the way engineering is going now, and in the future, I've heard this so many times, but increasingly we've been told that you know, with the way engineering is going, you'll have to do increasingly more coding, more, oh, yeah. um, have more experience with software and um, with the digital world. I think um, I think app development is a good way to kind of dip our toes into the whole coding. The whole, yeah, everything. All right, y'all. It's about time for us to wrap it up. I hope that today you've learned some things about app development and now i hope you are able to more appreciate or at least it's brought to your attention now what goes into making an app right it's actually a very fascinating process and i'm glad i got to share this with you guys all right y'all i hope you have a good day bye bye